You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. You guys are in for a treat. Um, Renee Swope is the author of A Confident Heart, and you will be blown away by the depth and the story of um, of her life. So, um, yeah, Renee has such an incredible story of obedience, um, just walking from one step into the next and watching the way that God let her life unfold through through giving her yes to what was what was in front of her and mm-hmm. looking to community to 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 bring her spiritual food and to kind of take care of her soul in that way and finding her purpose in the process. So you guys are definitely going to want to take notes again on this one. So here is our interview with Renee Swope. Hey, Renee, so glad that you're here with us today. Hey, it's great to be here. It's so good to see you guys. Yes, and um, I'm just thrilled that after all these years of kind of knowing who you are, that we're able to connect and, and strike up a friendship because I just think that you are such a lovely woman. Aww, I'm so thanks. happy you're here. I'm so glad we got to connect recently so yeah. I could find out about you and what you guys are doing today. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, we love the Enneagram and we know you do too. So let's yes. start with that. What's your number? Okay, so much to my surprise, I am a seven with a very strong six wing oh so I thought I was a six okay and so for the people who don't know let's say what those things are those things so sevens are what are called an enthusiast and they love to have fun they love spontaneity they love variety they want to experience everything um and then a six is the loyalist so they um, are very loyal they're very responsible um, they're really grounded uh, their struggle is with doubt mm-hmm. and then like they're probably their biggest struggle I think their underlying struggle is with doubt and then with the seven which is the enthusiast their biggest struggle is fear and um, I struggle with both yeah. <laughs> and so but I before I ever took the test or read about the Enneagram I'd heard I knew a lot of sevens and they're just some of the funnest people I know mm-hmm. and so when Our I, Michaela is a seven are you yeah Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Um, and so I thought, there's no way I'm a seven. Like, I'm not that much fun. <laughs> like, I can't be a seven. And so then I took it again, and then I took it again. So I took it three times because I was so convinced I was not a seven. Mm. But as I read about the seven, there was so much of myself I recognized. Mm. And what I realized is that as a child and as I grew up, that I really shut my seven down. Because, yes, because I felt like I had to be responsible. Um, It feels like the the seven things about me looked irresponsible or out of, like, I needed to get some focus. I needed to, you know, be more professional. (laughs) Mm. And so it's been so good, though. That's one of the things I've loved about the Enneagram is really embracing who God created me to be. Yes. And a seven and a six, although they are next to each other, you Mm -hmm. know, in the Enneagram, and so that's compatible, um, 
they, it sometimes feels like a contradiction is, mm-hmm. is going on inside of me. I feel a and, lot of tension in yeah. that combo. Yeah, but as I've embraced being, and I'm a strong six, you know, I scored almost equally in both of them. But um, as I've embraced it, it's, it's just so freeing. And mm-hmm. I really feel like I'm growing into the fullness, you know, of who yes. I am. And letting myself be silly and stupid and like crazy (laughs) like off the wall like I love adventure I love to do crazy things um but also be really professional I I tell people I can go from like brilliant to stupid in less than 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) in that way like very ditzy and responsible in less than 15 seconds so yeah oh that's awesome and so then tell us a little bit about your family so my family is, um, I feel like we have been around for a long time. And I guess it's because my husband and I have been married 25 years. Oh, wow. um, and yet the ages of our kids it, it have such a wide span. So our oldest is about to turn 24. Um, he got married this past year. And so our firstborn, you know, our baby got married. And um, so we have a new daughter in love is what I call her. Aww. And then Andrew is about to turn 21. So we've got 21 and 24. But then we also have our daughter, Aster, who just turned 10. Oh my goodness. And um, we adopted Aster when she was 10 months old as a baby. Okay. We adopted her from Ethiopia. And oh, so wow. the boys were 11 and 13. So when I say I feel like we've been around a long time, I think when you just parent this long and you yes. know you've got another <laughs> 10 years to go with her at home or, you know, eight, it just is like, wow, I feel like we've been around, you know, for decades and decades and decades. Mm, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so now it's kind of like we have an only child. So mm-hmm. Aster's our only one at home now. And um, we live right down the street, you know, in Cornelius. That's great. Um, and yeah, we love being together. It's been fun to have adult kids and um, just really the friendships that we have with our adult, our boys now are so different than the stage we're in. We have a great friendship with Astra, but you know, she's right. 10 and she's sure. going through that phase of, I want my independence and I want to make my own decisions. Oh boy. And yet, and then being in another phase with our boys where we're encouraging and like breathing hope and confidence into the decisions they're making as, mm. as we need to, you know, let them make decisions and yet know that we're always going to be here. You know, whether they make the right decisions or the wrong decisions or mm. they fail or whatever, like we're going to still be that soft place, that safe place to land. I love that. And so mm-hmm. it's a really, we're in a really neat place. But yeah, that's our family. Beautiful. Yeah, so good. And so in addition to parenting, you also are a writer yeah. um, and speaker. And so tell us a little bit about your work. So I am a writer and a speaker, but I always like to let people know, because a lot of people don't know this about me, is that I never wanted to do either one of them. Um, I I mean, I liked in junior high, you know, writing poems for my boyfriend. (laughs) You know, I thought I was going to be like a famous like love poem writer, Um, but I never wanted to write a book or to speak. It's honestly something that I was pretty terrified of. And, um, but it is what God's called me to do. And it's something now that I've been doing for 18 years, I've been speaking, um, and didn't start off where I am, you know, wasn't speaking at big women's conferences, you know, was speaking like in a little, you know, coffee group, coffee Bible study with like eight people in it, or even just beginning to share my story across the table with a neighbor or a friend. And then from there, as I was willing to share my story and God's story woven, uh, throughout mine. Um, and he began to expand that circle yeah. and, mm-hmm. and just really over time, I, I recognized that I'm a communicator. He's called me to be a communicator. And so in whatever way, 
you know, or forms. So that might be through written words. It might be through spoken spoken words. And for ten years, I also was a co-host of a radio show. You with were? Proverbs I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know that. No. Yeah. yeah. So with Proverbs Thirty One Ministries, we have a one-minute oh, um, show, and and like Lisa and I were the co-host, and um, neither one of us had any radio experience, no broadcasting experience. And Maybe yet, that's why I always knew your name, Renee. Oh, it could be if you listen to ninety one point nine. If you let, okay, then there you it probably is. heard me every other oh day. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, Are you so still involved the, with Proverbs 31? So I'm not. Um, just for the past couple of years, I transitioned out in 2016. Um, we were just in a season of life with our daughter. She has some special needs, pretty significant mm-hmm. emotional and um, um, developmental as well as some intellectual delays. And it just, we were in a season of really needing me more at home. Yeah. Uh, we were moving. Our son was getting married. Just a lot going on. And so after being with Proverbs for 21 years... Um, I knew I was supposed to step down. It was wow. so incredibly difficult. That is hard. But, um, but, it, but it's been good. You know, I've given myself time to just grieve that sadness and the loss of what, you know. That's of good. Just like a family, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're still friends, but it's never the same when you've been there. for, Especially being there for 21 years because it started sure. off like a tiny little newsletter and then became like a huge multifaceted um, international ministry that's, you know, reaching millions. And to be a part of it and watch it go from just a handful of friends that we were um, to what it is today. And, I mean, I even, you know, it's only been a couple years. So even then when I left, it was just... Um, just exploding with incredible yeah things yeah and that continues so to cool. so yeah yeah nice. got to do a lot of things there yeah because um, I was over social media I got to help in donor development so it's kind of like being part of an entrepreneurial startup company where everybody does a little bit of everything yeah so um so it's neat as I look back I have a degree in marketing and psychology and as I look back um, I don't have a degree in journalism or any kind of writing. And even though God called me to be a communicator, um, growing a ministry, all of those things that I had experience and education in, all, like, I can now see, like, mm-hmm. God t- completely used it. And then to be able to do that, too, with my faith and with mm-hmm. my, you know, pour into women what he was pouring into me was just incredible. So isn't I'm so it, grateful. Isn't it cool the way that sometimes we, maybe we're – we're assigned to a certain mm-hmm. job or or study track or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And it may be completely unrelated to the next thing that you feel like God's mm-hmm. asking you to do. Yep. And then they all sort of stack up one on top of the next. And suddenly you find yourself walking exactly in your purpose. Yeah. But all if you equipping you for what's next. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so I just want to encourage our listeners and let you know that if if you feel like you are doing what God asked you to do, but it doesn't make sense in relationship to what he just asked you to do or what you feel like he might ask, be asking you to do next, just wait. Mm-hmm. Just be patient because it all adds up. Mm-hmm. It, it all adds up. And you are you are walking in your purpose even if it doesn't all make sense within like the span of your life. Yeah. I definitely experienced that myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm like, okay, good. I'm not the only one yeah. that went from labor and delivery nursing to working in Kenya to being a writer speaker. Right. Like, like this path is, what, what happened there? this path is crazy. And yeah. I just like, it, cause we want it to look, and it's almost like the world 
gives us this clear-cut path. And if you do this, this, and this, then you'll be here. Right. But our path oftentimes looks like a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes myself, I, I'll be like, I look irresponsible. Like, I, I and it's the, it's the seven and the six. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like, it should be this path. And, and yet, I mean... Like, if I knew what God was doing when he brought me to Proverbs 31 Ministries, I never would have gone. Interesting. It would have scared me half to death. Mm. I would have run. Yep. Yeah. And so... Which is so interesting, because yeah. what we're constantly talking about is saying yes to God when you don't know what that looks like. Yep. When you don't know what he's actually even asking you to do, when you give your yes. And maybe that's why sometimes we don't know, because we it's wouldn't give it. It's a gift that we don't know. The yeah. whole picture. Yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes we God's calling us north. And yet, and then all of a sudden we're, we're, we end up east and we're like, wait a second, but I know that I know that I know he was yeah. calling me north. Like I go back and I look at my Bible and I underline these verses and I pray these prayers and this confirmation. But oftentimes I have found God moved me north to get me northeast. Totally. But I never would have veered east had I not moved towards north. And so mm. I've just learned to trust um, that the path doesn't have to make sense and that just because there's a turn that mm-hmm. wasn't included in the, in the original instructions, <laughs> it doesn't mean I heard him wrong. Mm, that um, is good. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he changed his mind. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, but that's what faith looks like. Yeah. Walking in faith means walking where I can't see yet. For sure. Yeah. Have there been times as you walked in faith where what you, what you knew God was asking you to do required you to give up something and, and you faced a difficult decision or change of direction. Yeah, I would say, and it kind of ties in with, with the huge transition that I made in 2016. So, but I'll back up a little bit. Um, in 20, I think it was right around 2007, my husband had been praying for three years. So around 2004, he had started praying that we would adopt. And mm. I, we were in a season of life with our boys where it was just really, you know, that unpredictable had become a little bit predictable, like predictable, unpredictability, yes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I, we were just in a really good season and I was finally getting comfortable where I was in ministry and what God's calling was. And, and so the thought of adopting just, it scared me and I did not feel called. And I told my husband, um, his name's JJ, I just said, honey, like, please pray that if God's calling us, that he would call me. Like, I know God knows how to call me, and I know what it feels like to disobey, because I have, but I don't have that tug in my heart. Like, I need to have, because when it gets hard, because I know it'll get hard, if, if we just do this because you feel called, and you go back to work, and all of my life has to change to be a mama, I'm going to resent you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to be yep. honest. And so he prayed, and just as I look back, I'm like, wow, he prayed and waited so patiently. Mm-hmm. Well, three years later, in 2007, um, through some just really unique circumstances that one day is going to be, it'll be in one of my next books. But um, God God laid, just poured, I would say. It was not as gentle, gentle as laying. It was like pouring into me the desire to adopt. Wow. And giving me, through prayer, just a picture of a little girl and mm. um, with dark skin that did oh. not match mine. Mm. And going home and talking to my husband about it and him and me saying, I think we need to pray about it. And him saying, oh, no, we don't. Like, I've been praying for three years. Like, we just need to start <laughs> Walking in faith. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh. But I knew that I knew that I knew because I could tell God was calling me. And it was mm-hmm. just this, just that tug in your heart with yeah. a rope that you just know. And so 
we started walking that path and walking through the doors and God just did incredible things. Well, we thought we were going to adopt two little girls, four and six. They'd be, you know, about the same age my boys were. They'd have Mm -hmm. each other. We were going for that, you know, sibling pair and older kids tend not to get adopted as easily as as babies. And um, we thought they'd have each other. And so we were walking that path. It looked like what God was calling us to. We got um, an assignment um, for, uh, it's a a referral. Yeah. Um, And we were filling out the paperwork and it fell through. Mm. And I call it like my adoption miscarriage Mm. because some paperwork got mixed up and another family ended up adopting them. And so then six, seven months went by and we didn't hear anything from the adoption agency. And in the meantime, I had started um, writing, working on my first ever book. Um, and a Which call is called? Came, uh, my first book is called A Confident Heart. Yep. So this was in 2009. And right as I was finishing up, finishing up, not the manuscript, but the proposal, which included a lot of the book, um, we got a call from the adoption agency with a referral for a six-month-old baby girl. Whoa. Not two little girls, four and six, who would, you know, just be outside of preschool age, heading to school, right. you know, <laughs> a six-month-old. And she weighed eight pounds. Mm. So a severely malnourished um, little baby girl who was at high risk of um, neurological, you know, problems. And it scared me half to death. And I remember my husband and my boys were like, that's so exciting, we'll have a baby. And I literally, for the first time ever, asked God if he was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I I literally said like, Lord, I know you're the God of the universe, but are you crazy? This is insane. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you thinking? Um, because as we prayed that week, just one thing after the other confirmed that this was indeed the child for us. And wow. looking back, like I, there's no doubt in my mind. But bringing home a baby when you are 42 years old and you have an 11 and 13 year old boys who are in a very different <laughs> and difficult stage mm-hmm. of life, and then you know in your 40s your brain like it just stops working a little bit and then when you've had (laughs) babies like those brain cells never come back anyway and so you're just at a deficit and so like I didn't even remember what do you feed 10 month olds like are they still in diapers like I mean I just literally could not remember all the things but um but saying that big big yes meant I knew there was going to be some other really big no's Mm -hmm. and there have been there Mm -hmm. have been and yet um I wouldn't trade it for anything. It doesn't mean it hasn't been hard. There's been times when it's been really hard. And there's been times when um, there's just been a lot that I love doing mm-hmm. that I've needed to give up yeah. um, so that I could give just more of me mm-hmm. to a little girl who needs me more than my friends on social media or yeah. people who will read my next book or be at a speaking event or any of those things. There's just a lot of the... F- things that are obscure and nobody can see them and um but pouring into the heart of a child um and walking with her through the path of her special needs and us being in a place of complete unknown as a parent of a child with special needs and you know I'm sure there are listeners too who have been in places with with their kids or maybe their aging parents or a sibling or a friend or whatever and when someone else in your life needs you and yet you feel called to the crowds yeah <laughs> and yet it's it's the one on one and it's the behind the scenes and you can want, you can just question like well how does this fit into my purpose mm, yeah um and yet i can see you know it, it it's not so much our purpose isn't about like the difference we can make in other people's lives but how it shapes us mm-hmm. and how it changes us 
And um, I'm more of who I was created to be than I've ever been before. But it's yeah. become, it's come not through the writing of the books or the recording on the radio or the speaking to thousands of women. It's come through the hidden times mm-hmm. and um, those formation times, um, you know, sewed in tears and, and, and joy and sitting across the table, you know, from my family and thinking and knowing like, wow, this is the best investment I've ever made. Um, this is my most important purpose. It's people. Mm-hmm. It's pouring into these people one-on-one, close, close up, you know, right. real-life messy stuff. Yeah. So, long yeah. answer. No, <laughs> that's, that, no, it's perfect. It's so good. And it's all the things that people don't see mm-hmm. on the surface. But that's where the real heart is and the, the growth and yep. development. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's a surrender. I mean, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's not something – I mean, I don't think any – Maybe we don't talk about it as much, mm-hmm. but I think it's something we really need to talk about because yeah. um, we all go through those hard things. And yet what we see on social media or what we see from the stage when we're at a conference or here on the radio or whatever or on a podcast, we hear the good stuff or mm-hmm. it seems exciting and glamorous, but it, all of us have those messy places and we just need to know that's a normal part of following God. Yeah, and it's okay yes. to talk about. And yeah. we... In Collected, talk a lot about giving God our yes, but mm-hmm. I love how you brought up the point that every yes is going to mean some no's, mm-hmm. and that can feel like something you have to grieve, even though you know you're making the right choice mm-hmm. and you know the Lord is in it, that's still a process of recognizing this yes means some no's, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think that's something you know we've really talked about yet. No, and in fact, that reminds me of a resource, one of my... Um, my favorite books from a few years back, Essentialism. Mm-hmm. And I'm blanking on the author's name. It's Greg McEwan or McEwan because it's right. sitting on my desk. I pulled it out today. That's <laughs> really yeah. funny. Okay, so yeah. that was meant to come up. Yeah. I um, love that book. But yes, what what you say yes to does require mm-hmm. that you that you mm-hmm. say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we I think it's it's a gift if we can talk to each other about the no's we have had to say mm-hmm. so that we can be we can help each other be brave with our no's yeah. because they. I mean, some of the no's I've had to say over the past few years have been my bravest no's, and mm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I will say with being part of a ministry for 21 years and building, being part of building, you know, Proverbs 31 Ministries, I mean, I poured my life into it because I wanted to, yeah. not because of anything I thought, like, I'll, I'd love to, I'll share with you eventually, like, how I ended up at Proverbs, but it wasn't bec- because I wanted to get anything except some friends, um, but <laughs> but when you pour your life because you're called to build something, just like a ministry you're building right now, you see yourself being there forever, mm-hmm. and you want to be because it's family, yeah. and you love it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there are other times, there, it might be, I thought I'd be there forever. Mm-hmm. Lisa thought I'd be there forever. We all thought I'd be there forever. Yep. But it might not be. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned was just taking time to grieve. Yeah. And that's something I, because I think we expect that, well, if this is what God's calling me to, then I shouldn't feel sad. Mm-hmm. Or if this is what God's calling me to, it shouldn't feel like a death, but this other thing shouldn't feel like a death. Like it should just all be joy and peace. And but it's not. No. It's and it's really important. And I gave myself. In fact, I didn't even tell anybody I had left for a whole year mm-hmm. because um, I needed to give myself a, a year to privately grieve and transition mm-hmm. and not have to answer anybody's questions. Just work through it myself. I've done that exact same process. Yes, the organization that I worked for. Um, for eight years, 
that my sister-in-law and brother-in-law started in rural Kenya. I, I share in my interview that'll air uh, after the first of the year that I felt like I would be cutting off my arm. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it felt was like. so mm-hmm. much a part of who mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. But what the Lord has revealed in the meantime is my true identity. Mm-hmm. That that yes, that was the work I was called to at that time. But that's not who I was. Right. But I did. I I did the same thing. It was very difficult to talk about mm-hmm. um, about leaving and 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 I'm yeah. I'm really glad that that concept of of grieving your nose, mm-hmm. even when you're stepping into the next exciting, yeah. or yeah. or not maybe not exciting. <laughs> yeah, because mine wasn't. My I was stepping into the absolute unknown. Wow. I knew I was still writing a book, and I knew that I would keep speaking. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I didn't know anything. Wow. And I didn't know if, I mean, my the lie I kept believing was, if you're not with Proverbs, you're going to be forgotten. Mm. You're going to become invisible. Wow. Because all people know is you through Proverbs 31. And I had to be willing. Mm-hmm. And I wrestled. And God, you know, wh- whispered to me, are you going to be like, you'll be okay, Renee. I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you. Yes. And you are not invisible. Wow. But are you willing to be invisible? Mm to go where I'm calling you and to take a risk of losing everything that you've poured your life into to to be positioned to have to receive what I have next for you and um that's good you know <laughs> it, but it, I cried through it I mean I wept through it and I um thankfully God brought people though along to just whisper truths Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then in the years that have followed it's been just little sweet gifts of things will happen like someone will say like I didn't even know you were with Proverbs that's not at all how I knew about you I didn't know you've been (laughs) with Proverbs until you said something about about speaking on the radio I was like wait Yes, that's yeah. familiar. And that's just such a sweet gift from God. Because it is. when you've been a part of something that has a big name, mm-hmm. you know, and has really just making such a huge impact, you can then feel like, oh, well, then I won't make an impact if I'm not with that yeah. them anymore. And so, and just realizing too, like, we, the world, the culture we live in just chases big and mm-hmm. we make such a big deal out of big. Yeah. And, and, but it's one life at a time. Yes. It's, you know, it's one life at a time that has changed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what matters. And so I think we can get swept up into that cultural pull. Yeah. And then never feel like we're making a difference. And that's a great way for the enemy to just distract us and discourage us. Yep. And then we feel like we have nothing to offer. And we're just we're just playing in the mud. Yeah. Versus just offering just whatever we have that day to the that. person right in front of us. That reminds me of what Jess Connolly said a few weeks ago about, um, she was on the podcast Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, and she said uh, that there should be no Christian celebrities. That if we are all just walking in the spirit and sharing the gospel and and making, bringing heaven to earth our mission, that no one will be famous for that because we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing. Right, right. I love that. I do too. Yeah, it's good stuff. Your body is the God-given vessel for your soul, mind, heart, and spirit while you're here on this earth. Our bodies must be cared for in order for us to be our best selves. How we're doing physically affects how we show up for those we love. Remember, at Collected, we know that self-care is not selfish. But knowing how to care for our physical bodies in the right way can be challenging. Having the tools, knowledge, and time is crucial. Katie Dixon, owner of Katie Fit and Block Charlotte, is your daily resource for education and inspiration that will help you care for your body. Follow her on Instagram at Katie Katie 
That's at K-A-D-I-K-A-T-I-E. As a gift to the Collected Podcast listeners, Katie's offering a one-month trial at either of her studios. Follow at Katie Fit and Link Norman. That's at K-A-D-I-F-I-T or at block.clt in Charlotte. That's at B-L-O-C dot C-L-T. DM her for details on the special offer. bit about your book, A Confident Heart, that yeah. came out in 2011? Yes. So um, A Confident Heart is based on my own just paralyzing struggle with self-doubt and insecurity. That was a hidden struggle. You know, no one knew. Um, barely even my parents or my husband knew. It's not something I talked about because I just thought, well, if I tell other people what I'm struggling with or what I'm thinking or how I'm doubting myself, then they're going to notice and they're going to start to doubt me too. Mm-hmm. And yet I've worked so hard to convince myself and everyone else that I'm doing good. I'm, you know, I'm great. I'm confident. <laughs> I can do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, through some circumstances, um, I just started walking through a season of really, really struggling with mm-hmm. self-doubt. And the opening story in the book, um, I share... I was in my bathroom. I was actually getting ready to go speak at Jess Connolly's mom's church. She's a oh, really? women's ministry leader in Charleston, like a wonderful church and a huge women's ministry. I was getting ready to go speak, struggling with self-doubt that, that whole week. Was in my bathroom putting on my mascara um, and the lights above, you know, the mirror. I was using that mirror right there. Um, and when I turned around, I saw this huge nine-foot shadow on the wall in my bathroom. And those lights above the mirror were shining and yet where I was standing was creating this huge shadow and I'd never noticed it before although I'm sure it had always been there but God used that visual as I stood there staring at the shadow I just heard a whisper in my heart You're, you can only see the shadow because you've turned away from the light mm. turn back towards the light and I had been begging God to zap me with confidence. You know, give me the spiritual gift of confidence. Like, I am following you and I don't want to go speak. You know, I just want to put on my pajamas and make pizza that hopefully I won't burn. And at least, you know, something I can actually do confidently. And um, But instead, he gave me that visual. And so as I turned back toward the, towards the light, I couldn't see the shadow. But I felt like it was he was using that to just introduce me to the concept of the shadow of doubt mm. and how we end up in the shadows of our self-doubts because we've turned away from the light of God's truth wow. about what he says about us and um, his hope and his promises for us and what he calls us to. And I ended up that day and in the days ahead just going on a quest to figure out like what did it look like in the Bible when people struggled with doubt yeah. and how did God show up and what did he say to them and how did he walk with them Mm -hmm. and so as I began to study scripture I I realized oh wow I am not alone this is actually a really common struggle for anyone who's been called by God Mm -hmm. and that became so encouraging and so as I began to unpack those truths I began to speak about them and then the response was so strong which I was convinced nobody was going to really resonate with the messages but it was the absolute opposite Mm -hmm. and so through a weird series of events like in the next six months and agent came to me and said why haven't you written a book on this why haven't you ever written a book you know and so God opened some amazing doors and I began to write that book and then Aster came into our life and so I wrote this is so crazy I wrote the book like in that year as you know after she came home and then the book released about two years after she was home and um 
and my dad was um, became very ill that wow. that same month. She was diagnosed with a significant speech disorder, wow. and um, the book released, and God has just you know carried it into the most amazing places. It's now in six languages. What? Um, yeah, wow. has uh, it's the last I heard it was right, right around one hundred fifty thousand copies wow. um, sold in 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 uh, people's hands and hearts you know I love and, it um and just he's just done immeasurably more than I could have ever thought of or imagined with wow. with that message and what I discovered is I wasn't the only one struggling with it that obviously there's an epidemic struggle mm-hmm. and yet we're not talking about it and yeah. um, and so I I want to I'm really excited I got to be a part of starting a conversation where I think now we are talking about a lot more yeah than when the book released but um yeah it continues to just be a message I'm trying to live and, yes. and carry out and um and yeah and it's still like I go back to the book myself just to remember because I wrote the book I had like 50% of the content wasn't about doubt but it was stuff I'd written over a period of probably 10 years that I, I pulled some into the book but then 50% of it was brand new content that God taught me as I was writing it mm-hmm. and he really used the writing of the book to set me free wow. from my from mm-hmm. from those last like major final grips yeah. that um that doubt had on me it was I didn't write the book from a place of oh I have figured this all out let me tell you how um in fact it's self-doubt isn't something that I think ever goes away completely mm-hmm. but the book um what God did was he showed me what to do with it That's and amazing. equipped me with not how to try harder but how to turn sooner mm-hmm. away from the darkness and away from the shadows and back towards the light I love that and now you have a resource available called the Seven Day Doubt Diet. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how people can get their hands on that? Yeah, so go to reneeswip.com. Okay. And you'll find it right there on the front page. Awesome. Um, seven days of devotionals that I pulled from the book. Just free content, seven days. It'll come into your inbox. Awesome. And also a, a free download of the first chapter of the book. And then I'm going to add some things um, so that we can apply it like over the holidays. You know, right. I think family gatherings work parties all those things that can just even like what to buy for someone it just can bring up stuff yep uh stir up things in us so yeah there'll be some little holiday elements that i think will be really helpful around the christmas and new year's we'll put a link to it in our show notes okay great yeah great yeah wow renee it has been amazing getting a few minutes to chat with you thank you so much for being here being here i've loved being here so and since i didn't get to share with you guys i'll share i'll write a post on my blog too about how i ended up at proverbs 31 ministries oh share with us real quick yeah go ahead yeah, we have time. So um, so I was pre- very pregnant. We were in Blacksburg, Virginia. My husband was getting ready to graduate from school. I'm a little bit older than he is. So I was out of college. We were we had planned it this way that we would have our first child. And my mom mailed me a huge newspaper article from the Charlotte Observer. It was the family section. And it was about these three college graduates, women, who had left their careers to become stay-at-home moms. It was like this radical thing in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, seriously, like the News and Observer did this huge article on it. And so they had started this itty bitty ministry called the p31 homemaker so it was the proverbs 31 homemaker so proverbs 31 ministries originally was a newsletter for stay-at-home moms wow so here i was pregnant with my first child my mom cuts it out sends it to me in blacksburg blacksburg virginia with a little yellow sticky note that says these sound like the kind of friends you need i hope you find them when you get to charlotte because they were stay-at-home moms who had young kids and actually lisa turkhurst was pregnant and expecting in may of 95 and i was too 
Her husband owned a Chick-fil-A, and I had worked at Chick-fil-A in high school. So I'm like, okay, it must be a God thing. And so I called. <laughs> nuggets always okay. bring us together. So, yes, yeah. chicken nuggets and sweet tea, right? Mm, you know. Isn't that the things <laughs> friendships are bonded over? <laughs> now, some of you, like, probably weren't even born in 1995. <laughs> but um, some of you in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Renee is indicating yeah. our producers, Mickey and Landon. <laughs> um, but... Back then, there was no such thing as the internet. So I called 411 to find out Lisa Turker's phone number. (laughs) (laughs) And she answered and did not think I was a psycho. And actually, because I was like, oh, you're pregnant. I'm pregnant. We're moving to Charlotte. We have no idea where to live, where to go to church. Pediatrician, nothing. Yeah. And so she was so sweet. She gave me some recommendations. And then she said, call me when you get here. And so a couple months after we moved to Charlotte, we got together for Chick-fil-A lunch and then she told me about the ministry and she asked me, you know, if I wanted to volunteer. And I was like, sure. And so I just started volunteering because I didn't know how to be a Christian mom and wife. Yeah. I was a pretty young Christian and we just became friends. And that was in 1995. And then from there, like I said, the ministry was just a newsletter. And so we would gather in each other's homes and like like lick stamps and put them on, <laughs> on the newsletter. Like and, a mailer newsletter. Yes, not even email newsletter. Like in wow. the mailbox. And, um, and then I became the editor of the newsletter. And I had the very fancy job of taking it to Kinko's and copying it. <laughs> and then like I not only was the editor, I was like the graphics designer. So I would cut out clip art and use a wax pen to put on the back to stick in on the layout and oh yeah <laughs> so that's where I started yeah scrapbooking essentially basically yes, yes. that yes. is this incredible. was before scrapbooking wow like, yeah the I am Lord not is faithful. I am not 80 years old <laughs> that is amazing but that's the neat thing like I said earlier if I had known God was taking me to Proverbs because eventually the ministry would start a speaking ministry mm-hmm. and he would then nudge me um, to open my mouth and share my story, which I had been running from for 10 years. Yeah. I, actually, the first time I shared my story was through Forest Hill, where you and I were at church. Okay. Um, when you were like, you know, six years old. Right. And, <laughs> um, but if I had known that I would be speaking, I would be writing, I would have run. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some friends. I yeah. just wanted friends. And that's what I got. I love it. And I had no idea what the ministry would become, mm. but... I can see his hands all over it, and I can look back and see, like, wow, God. And I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful he didn't tell me everything that was coming because I don't think I could have handled it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you guys, too, and your, in your ministry and mm-hmm. anybody listening, like, be like embrace the unknowns, too, um, and, and enjoy where you are. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy where you are and suck the marrow out of it and just – Just soak up every bit that you can and don't be in a hurry to get to the next place. Like just enjoy right where you are. That's good. That's a good message, especially in the holidays right now. Mm -hmm. Just try and take time from the busyness Mm -hmm. to enjoy what God's placed in front of you in that moment. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. All right. Well, I think we've covered everything that we can cover today. So thank (laughs) you again. You bet. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, I, like I said before, I was not able to, um, speak into the interview, um, but I was listening and again, um, Renee is 
there are layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, um, she carries so much goodness and wisdom. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to to sit in and listen and glean from um, her life. Uh, what an incredible, incredible woman. Mm-hmm. I One thing that Renee said that just really struck a chord with me um, is are you willing to be invisible to go where I'm calling you? Yes. When God when God calls us to the background, and and away from reaching the multitudes into a place of just reaching the one, um, and giving us the capacity to to do both, mm-hmm. um, but impressing upon us the importance of being able to reach the one. It's just um, it's just a very different place of intimacy in ministry mm-hmm. um, that He takes us, and sometimes it can get really messy. And um, that was another thing that she spoke about was these messy places. And I, and I feel like just recently, kind of in, in our lives, the three of us, we've had times where we've just been really raw mm-hmm. in the cracks of time mm-hmm. and just been able to come before each other and say, hey, guys, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really not okay today. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we got that story at the very end. Yes. Because she said specifically that she needed friends. Yep. Yeah. And... To me, that was so powerful mm-hmm. because um, that's so often the thing that we need. We just, we need each other yep. and we need um, the, obviously the presence of the Lord, but we need each other to be in that yes. and to be in the midst of the mess yes. together. That is incredibly powerful. And when we mm-hmm. are in community, purpose does come out. Mm-hmm. Purpose is revealed through community. Mm-hmm. When we see something in one another and we honor that and we call it out and we say, I see that you have this in you. Like the the name of, um, of one of Renee's potential books was you've got it in you. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what friends do. They mm-hmm. see it and they say it, you have it in you. The Lord will do it through you. And she sought it out. You know, yeah. she called Lisa. I was like, hey. <laughs> hey. Um, I love that. That was so hey, brave. I know. That was so, so brave. brave. Yep. I love it. Oh. My favorite part of the interview, and I brought this up in it too, was when she talked about the importance of saying no at times and how yes. every yes will bring about no's. And that just really hit me. Um, we spoke about the Enneagram, and I'm a, a two, which is the helper. And so anytime at Collected or on these podcasts, we talk about giving God your yes. Honestly, that's easy for me because I feel like I'm filling a need and Mm -hmm. that fills me. And um, sometimes I say yes too quickly when it's not really the yes I'm supposed to to be giving. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes obedience for me means giving God the right no. (laughs) Not saying no to God, but saying no to things Mm in order to be available for what the correct yes is, which is sometimes hard for me to discern Mm -hmm. because I'll throw yeses at you all day. (laughs) But I think the powerful thing about that is God knows the sacrifice in our no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in that, like when we give space, like she was talking about grieving the no, God is present in that. And he, he, is so aware yeah. of what we're sacrificing. And even in that, we can experience him. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's so powerful. 
Man, there was so much goodness in this one. I can't wait to listen to it again. I know. I know. Oh, man. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. And we will be back with you next Thursday. Yeah. And if you like what you've heard, throw us some stars. Five, please. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. And a little, a few words (laughs) in the review section. We'd love that. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.